Today's episode is the second installment of our mini-series, 30 Flirty and Thriving, a series of conversations with aspirational women in our circle about all things work, life, and love after your 20s. We sit down with Jessica Travers, National Marketing Manager for Luxury Fragrances at Estee Lauder Companies Australia. Jess shares how she landed her dream job and how she's navigated the corporate world. From friendships to dating, she reflects on how her experiences have shaped her perspectives on relationships. Jess is a role model every 20-something gal needs. We hope you get as much out of this as we did listening to her journey. Cop gal energy. Culturally explosive. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> that is basically it. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Em. Welcome, Welcome to the Hi, podcast. Ellie. Thanks for having me. I'm slightly nervous, but also equally excited to be here with you both today. You're very great at public speaking and you're very yes. articulate, so no need to be nervous. Oh, wow. What an intro. <laughs> let's, let's ask the community to feedback after this. On <laughs> Jess loves a bit of a, you'd want a, circle back. a circle back feedback loop. <laughs> let's circle on back after the episode and you guys can give me your feedback. Now, Jess, how are you feeling considering we haven't done a pre-recording whip prior to this? Yeah, like I said, a little apprehensive. I'm starting to wish I had have actually looked over the questions you sent me. But you know what? It's going to be raw and it's going to be authentic. And I think that's the best type of interview there is. Love it. Perfect. Well, well let's dive straight into it. Um, as you know, we like to discuss normally our it of the week. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, um, we'd like to ask you if you have an it moment of your life. That is a big question to start with. <laughs> I know I'm now in my 30s, so you ladies see me as quite senior. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> having had quite a big life. Um, so the it moment of my life to date, that's a tricky one. I feel like when I think about this, it just makes me think how we are always in motion and we don't stop and really reflect or drink up each of those big moments in our lives. So I guess when I look back on my life to date, um, all 30 years, (laughs) there are probably a few standout moments. For me, I left home at 18. So I grew up in Canberra and then I moved to Brisbane for a year and then I moved down to Sydney. So I think both of those moves were really big for me um, and yeah, quite big in terms of my personal development. The second to that was probably when I started working at Estee Lauder Companies. So when I started as, what was my title back then? Um, In the digital marketing team, essentially, um, (laughs) for MAC Cosmetics. That was a really, really big moment for me because I finally felt like I was where I kind of belonged or it just felt so right for me. Yeah. Um, And we'll probably go into career a little bit later. Um, on in the interview but that was a really big pivotal moment for me beautiful I think that's a very good it of yeah, your life yeah. amazing good like one. who wouldn't want to work for Estee Lauder <laughs> it's a pretty phenomenal company <laughs> yeah pretty fabulous so going back to your early days yeah what did life look like for Jess the little Jess little baby <laughs> Jess you would have been so cute um Em. I think my mum would agree. <laughs> Her and you being the only people. <laughs> I definitely yeah, came into myself from a beauty and fashion perspective later in life. <laughs> um, little Jess, 
Um, I would say I was probably quite shy. Oh. I've definitely built my confidence as I've gotten older. It's definitely been something that's evolved. Um, and probably, yeah, quite shy and can I say sweet? Yeah, <laughs> shy, say sweet. shy yeah. sweet and innocent. I think um, <laughs> I've always probably described myself as a young soul rather than an older soul. Yeah. Like my friend mm. Ellie over here. <laughs> Ellie's like a grandma soul. 24 <laughs> going on 45. Um, Add another 10. <laughs> but no, I had, I had a really nice childhood. I grew up in Canberra, very wholesome. I'm from a big family. I have three younger sisters. Um, I enjoyed school, but I think I really found my feet outside of school. What were you like at school? Were you cool? Um, look, I probably wouldn't describe myself as cool. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't describe myself as a nerd either. Um, I think I was just someone, I was a bit of a floater. I was definitely someone that was friends with everyone, kind of moved around between groups. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like a generally friendly person. Um, I wish I could say I was than I was. Um, you don't want to peak in high school. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't peak yeah. in high school. So you finished high school and then you broke free from Canberra mm -hmm. and you went to uni. Yeah, so let me walk you through this. <laughs> Please walk us through. Let me walk you through it. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Canberra. Neither of my parents are from Canberra and they, they you know, spoke to us as we were growing up about how they'd really encourage us to move away after mm. school, um, not to get rid of us, but because they just wanted us to experience more of life. They've actually since moved out of Canberra themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was always something that was in my mind. I never, I never thought I would stay there. And I had no fear about leaving at all because I just thought it was just such a normal thing to do, um, which probably worked in my favor because retrospectively it was actually a terrifying thing to yeah. do. And I think it took me many years to find my feet outside of the home and to establish my own independence um, and yeah, sense of self. So definitely a terrifying thing to do retrospectively, but in the moment there wasn't a lot of fear. So I moved to Brisbane, quite a funny story. Although I grew up in Canberra, which is you know mostly bushland, I've always had a love of the ocean. <laughs> Um, and so I moved to Brisbane thinking there was a beach oh, in Brisbane, <laughs> I'm you know, um, located in Queensland, the Sunshine State. Um, unfortunately on arrival, I soon discovered there was no beach in Brisbane. Um, isn't it just like a dirty lake? <laughs> also like, didn't you, when you said like at some point, I'm so excited to live by the beach, like why didn't anyone... <laughs> Why did anyone like give you like a? I feel like this shouldn't have been this. I don't. I don't know who gave it the green tick of approval. Um, yeah, honestly, I can't really remember what the thought process was. But moved up to Brisbane. You know, I had a great year. I went to the University of Queensland for a year. I made a great group of friends almost immediately within my first week, um, and they were my wow. friends for the full year. I'm still in touch with a lot of them. Really great girls. Um, but ultimately I felt like Brisbane was kind of like Canberra in that it felt like a small country town and mm, everyone yeah. was really, you know, good friends. And I guess, you know, looking back retrospectively, they were only 18 or 19 at the mm, time. Yeah. Sorry, not 18. Yeah, 18 or 19 when you um, anti uni. So they were still very much friends with their school friends. A lot of them lived at home. So it wasn't the most transient city or a city that was really set up um, for people like myself who had grown up in other areas mm. of the world or mm. within Australia to come to. And it just never quite felt like home, I guess, mm. for me. And maybe if I had have given it longer, it would have. 
um, that a lot of my friends had gone overseas on gap years and were coming back and then moving to Sydney the following year. So I just decided on a whim, again, fearless as you are when you're young, (laughs) to move to Sydney. Why not? So I moved down to Sydney the following year and I guess I've been here for maybe 12 years now. Mm. Um, So Sydney is definitely my home. But yeah, I moved down here for uni. Um, Had, I guess, a bit of a chaotic university (laughs) experience because after the University of Queensland, I went to the University of Sydney for a year and just didn't love it. Mm. I was doing a Bachelor of Communications up in Queensland. I wanted to transfer into it when I came to Sydney, but unfortunately wasn't able to because my ATAR wasn't high enough. Uh. So this is completely outrageous, but the University of Sydney's ATAR for communications is high 90s. Oh, really? <laughs> and I had 87, which was obviously just so subpar. Um, <laughs> Not at all. So, <laughs> so I subpar. did uh, arts for a year and then I moved to the University of New South Wales where I finished my degree. So I did two years wow. over there. So went to three universities in total. Wow. Really, as I said earlier, it took me a while to find my feet, but really, really enjoyed the experience at UNSW. Um, the course was fantastic and everyone was just so welcoming and friendly and yeah it was a really nice nice experience i'm starting to understand why you're so obsessed with the beach jess always messages me and like it's like do you want to go to the beach i'm like absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) this poor girl's just been like trying to find some town with the beach the last like 15 years (laughs) and i'm I'm sitting there just being like no i'm not going i'm hungover (laughs) should we tell everyone that i'm sitting here in a bikini yeah (laughs) oh my god that's so funny so you moved to Sydney, you found your beaches, you found your people. When, like, at what point did you sort of, like, feel like your career really, like, kicked off? And, like, where did you start? Hmm. Good question. I don't feel like my career really kicked off. I really felt like I was where I needed to be until maybe four years into my career, four or five years into my career. Mm-hmm. I've always been I would say naturally ambitious mm-hmm. um I'm a Virgo so I set very high standards <laughs> myself also into horoscopes but maybe that's another episode can you do um, me a reading for another episode absolutely oh. I love that let's do a compatibility episode oh yeah we'll get out what's that out <laughs> we'll get the, the pattern, pattern. We'll, yeah we'll get the we'll pattern. Pull out the pattern okay um Done. no but I do set very high standards for myself and I think when I was younger, I would definitely describe myself as a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. but I've let that go over the years. (laughs) Um, So I started working at MNC Saatchi, which is a big global advertising agency during university. I also interned at a number of PR agencies, including Weber Shandwick, which is quite well known. Um, And then when I finished my degree, I went straight into a PR role. So I worked in a PR agency called Res Publica, which no longer exists. Um, but I worked there on some really big clients like Unilever, um, uh, Tough Mudder, Priceline Pharmacy, the UFC. So a really eclectic mix of brands there <laughs> across sporting and beauty and consumer goods for a couple of years. And then I moved to another PR agency before moving in-house in a marketing role. So yeah, I guess I waited through the PR industry for a number of years before I found my place. What do you think it was that made you feel like you found your place? Like, how did you know? Yeah, like... please tell me that actually. I want to know. <laughs> how do you know when you're like in the right you place? You know what? I know we're going to get to dating later, but it's really one of those when you know, you know moments. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I feel like 
you know, everything genuinely does happen for a reason because when I look back on my career, everything stacks up and everything's led me yeah. to where I am now. And, you know, I say this to a lot of young, you know, girls that come into our team is like PR is one of like the best experiences for a marketer that you can have because every every campaign you're working on is rooted in an earned media idea. So mm. a creative idea that has natural virality to it, whether, you know, we were pitching that to press or you know, into influencers or however it's actualizing, it's, it's rooted in earned media and the ability to think creatively and strategically like that serves you so well, no matter what you end up doing in life. Mm. And so although I, somehow landed in marketing which is you know where we pull on lots of different levers like earned and paid and owned um that yeah that that grounding in earned media has served me really really well and it was challenging and anyone who's worked in an agency environment will tell you that it's really um taxing and you know you'll work really really hard but honestly like if you can do a few years in an agency environment at the start of your career if this is your sector um i would encourage you to do so and then i guess in terms of like how i knew it was right is i've throughout my career i've always leaned into what feels good or like you know what i'm passionate about and i think there's a lot to be said to leaning into your strengths Mm. um and so for me there was this really natural progression from earned media to social media to influencers and then into paid media and just that feeling of so hard to describe but it's like yeah this feels right like this comes naturally to me the more I lean in the more success Mm. um, comes my way and I think Mm. that's when you know you're doing something right very well said Jess um we spoke about this with cat mm-hmm. earlier so you just touched on like knowing when you're doing something right mm-hmm. um do you ever have moments where you feel like you're doing something wrong or like you feel like you have maybe a bit of imposter syndrome yeah um, absolutely look there's a lot i can't do that's for <laughs> sure um i'm naturally a creative person i you know i'm big picture i'm a strategic thinker I'm not great at detail and process. Um, Excel's not my best friend. I'd love to be so much better at it. Um, But I think what I've learned along the way is, you know, there's no I in team. Like you have a team around you for a reason. Lean into your team. And, you know, I was listening to this podcast the other day and this quote's really stuck um, with me. It was, you know, I've seen people strengthen their weaknesses only to weaken their strengths. Mm. And that's something I'm very mindful of is, you know, I want to you know create breadth of experience and expertise, but sometimes there's someone else who can just do it better than you. Mm. Yeah. And there's no shame in asking that person to do that for you or, you know, to leaning on your team mm. or leveraging different people's strengths to achieve an outcome. So yeah, I think like from a career perspective, I just encourage people to really sit with themselves and think, what is it that I'm really good at? Or what is it that comes um, to me most easily? And then lean into that and grow in that. Mm. I love it. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with you um, and watching how you lead your team. And you are a really great leader, probably came from being the oldest of four sisters, your natural born leadership um, qualities. But what would you say 
is something that you try and prioritize as like a manager or a boss or when you're leading your team? Great question. Thanks. Um, I actually went off book with that question. I really liked it, Ellie. It was great. (laughs) Thank you. Um, No, I appreciate you saying that. It's an interesting one. Some of the girls in my team were asking me this the other day. They said, when did you start being a manager? Like what Mm. age? They were really hung up on age for some reason. I think they were thinking like, am I going to be a manager soon? Like, how do I do it? Um, Just comparing. Girls tend to do that. You're always like, oh, am I moving fast enough? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I said to them like, I started managing people quite young. Like when I worked in a PR agency, there are a lot of layers um, and a natural hierarchy within the business. And so I've been managing people for a long time. Have I been leading people for a long time? No, Um, there's definitely a difference between managing and leading people. And to your point, Ellie, I am the eldest of four children. And so there probably are some natural leadership qualities I've learned um, along the way. Um, But for the most part, for me, it just all comes down to caring. I I genuinely care for my team and I genuinely care for each of them. Um, I want them to have a fulfilling career. I want them to, you know, feel inspired and motivated and passionate about what they're doing. And so, yeah, it really just comes down to caring for them. That's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) So Jess, just for the benefit of our listeners who don't know you well, you're, so you've recently had a promotion. Congratulations. Very exciting. Um, so could you please tell us a little bit more about like your current role and what you do? So I joined Estee Lauder company six years ago. I joined the Mac cosmetics team as digital marketing specialist. Um, having been with them for six years, six years now, my role has definitely evolved. Um, I've held a few different titles, but over that time I have managed all of the paid media, um, influencer engagement, press and social accounts for the business. So currently my title is consumer marketing manager on Mac cosmetics and Bobby Brown. That's Estee Lauder's now makeup artistry cluster. And we manage the Australia and New Zealand markets. Um, my new role is national marketing manager for the luxury fragrance and designer brand cluster. So super exciting to be taking on a new challenge and some new brands. So I will be shifting on over to that team in mid-Feb. Give us some of the brands. Oh, Give us the good stuff. (laughs) Sorry, I was holding back on you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the brands are Tom Ford Beauty, Jo Malone London, Lalabo, and By Killian. Divine. Divine. Divine, darling. to be a very well-smelling person. (laughs) (laughs) Can you cut that? No, that's so (laughs) good. We've got the marketing manager for the luxury brand segment here. I'm going to smell phenomenal. (laughs) She smells good. Yeah. Oh, today I'm actually wearing Tom Ford Black Orchid. Beautiful. I'm actually wearing Tom Ford Rose Prick. That makes sense. You are a bit of a rose prick. (laughs) So, Jess, we've framed up this whole conversation um, in the way of sharing how your life has grown and evolved as you've moved through your 20s into your 30s where you're a bit more sure of yourself. How do you think that has impacted your friendships and how your friendships have evolved over the last few years? 
friends are something that's really important to me. I'm definitely a friends gal. <laughs> um, you know, I keep a lot of friends around me. I have a really eclectic group of friends. But what's most important to me is the depth of those relationships. So I'm someone who really leans into their friendships. You know, I really want to get to know people. My friends are like my sisters. Um, and, you know, like my sisters have really become great friends to me over the last few years mm. as well. So I think that's a really interesting dynamic we could discuss as well. I think what's really interesting when it comes to friendships is you make a lot of your friends when you're young, right? High school, uni, whatever. But we all, we, I feel like we change so much. Like your life evolves and you evolve as a person and you get new jobs and you get like different levels of finances and you find new interests. How do you feel like those elements of your life that have evolved have challenged your friendships? I feel like what I'm learning along the way and I'm still learning I know you know I'm 31 now (laughs) so an old gal in your books um but there's still a lot of learning to be done but I feel like friendships naturally evolve people come in and out of your life and what I've learned is to just be okay with that so to just go with the journey I think you know in the past there have been some friendships I've wanted to really hold on to tight but we've just naturally outgrown each other or we've gone in different directions um you know some people settle down earlier some people have children some people move overseas whatever it is for them I think the most important thing is that you're just really honest about where that friendship is at and it's okay for some friendships to come to a close or to simmer down whilst others accelerate and you know I feel like the older I get um, and the more people I meet and the more friendships I move through, the more I'm getting closer to meeting my people. Mm-hmm. And by that, I feel like those that I just feel most authentically aligned with or those friendships that just have this really beautiful depth to them um, and friends that are just great people. They're people that are really uplifting. They're people that motivate me. They're people that inspire me and just people that I have a great time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel like the ones that do simmer down, like, do you feel like they're ones that you sort of just accept that that's the case? And then like, you just sort of like know which friends are for like, not necessarily which purposes, but like, you kind of just accept that like, we might be in a bit of a different state right now, but like, we'll probably like, we have a lot of love for each other. So we'll probably come back around eventually. I think that's exactly right. And look, that's the mature way to look at things. I think it can be difficult at times because you can feel like, Um, you know, there's a disinterest there or um, a a dislike or, you know, a negative motive. But for the most part, there genuinely isn't. I think people just prioritize different things at different times in their life. And um, yeah, for, you know, your own happiness and for everyone's happiness, it's best to just, you know, accept things for what they are and wish people the best. I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of people feel a lot of guilt when you Mm. let friendships go or maybe your like relationship isn't as close as it used to be. And I think as girls in particular, you really try and like cling on to those people or like that group of friends or whatever, because you feel like, oh, we've got history. We've been friends for X amount of years and you feel like really guilty or almost like a failure if you let that go but I feel like it's everything in life like with dating careers whatever you move through different phases but I feel Mm. like we forget to apply that same logic to our um, friendships absolutely it's it's such an interesting topic of conversation because 
as women, we place so much pressure on ourselves when it comes to friendships and men just mm. don't do that in the same way. Mm. Um, I know you you probably both experienced this with, you know, Ellie, your partner and M with past partners <laughs> is that men that they don't hold on too tight to their friendships no. at all. No. Like um, I know from previous relationships, the, the men in my life, you know, that they're very comfortable checking in with a friend once a year. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It, there's just not the same um, pressure that we feel that we need to keep our friends very close to us in order to validate that friendship. But yeah. different friendships, to your point earlier, M, serve different purposes. And even within my immediate circle of my my best friends, you know, I still lean into different people for different things. Mm. To your point earlier, I will no longer message you to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lean into me for the beach, Jess. <laughs> Not everyone can be a beach babe. Yeah, exactly. Some of us just like the big city hustle. But when I'm up for a chili mug, you're yeah, my girl. I'm yeah. the chili mug girl. I'm the chili lippy girl. <laughs> okay, Jess, we'd love to segue now into relationships, your love life, blah, 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 blah. You're currently single. Correct. Um, back in the dating game. Um, tell us a little bit about your last relationship and why did it end? Wow, hitting me with if you feel comfortable, Ellie. If you feel comfortable, why did it end? You don't need to name drop like Kat did. Ellie's <laughs> just here for the tea. Um, okay, so my last relationship ended probably two years ago now. Um, there was a little bit of back and forth afterwards, um, but let's call it two years. Um, so, yeah, I was with my last partner for yeah, three, three to four years. Um and ultimately it just ended because we didn't want the same things. Mm. Mm. How did you navigate that? Like what was it what what was your like moment when you knew that this was not working for you anymore? Mm. Gosh, it's so challenging. I feel like, you know, it was such a great relationship and I look back on it really fondly. Um, you know, he is an awesome guy. We were the best of friends. Um so nothing to discredit him or that relationship. I guess there was just a feeling within it that although, you know, we had such a great time together and, you know, we shared this beautiful life that whenever we looked forward to the future, we, we weren't aligned. We mm. weren't naturally wanting the same things. And we did, we spoke about this, you know, earlier in the career segment, but I think it's really important to lean into what feels most authentic for you um, because that's genuinely what's right for you. And so, you know, it was a really difficult breakup and not in terms of how we navigated it together because it was done so really respectfully, but it was really difficult in terms of actually processing that emotionally because when you're in a great relationship, so you're with someone who you just have the best time with and you really respect one another, you you find it really hard to accept that it couldn't be right. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it was, and it's funny because my perspective on this has changed now, but it was coming up to 30 that I felt like that was going to be a really pivotal moment in my life and I wanted to kind of ensure that I was on the right track. Mm. And so it was actually about six months out from me turning 30, but it was the beginning of a new year. Um, you know, new year <laughs> has a way of prompting change in people's lives. And it definitely did for me at this time. It was coming into that year that it prompted me to have this conversation with him where it was 
do we want the same things? And, you know, without going into too much detail, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see you sipping your tea over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, ultimately, we, we didn't. And so we just had to make a really difficult decision that it would be best for us to part ways. Mm-hmm. And are you back on the dating scene now? I am back on the dating scene. Look, I, my, my previous partner and I, we broke up right before COVID entered Australia. Um, so the past two years have been a little bit of a mess um, in that we went into quite a big lockdown. So mm. we were living together. I moved out of that house. I went and um, set up an apartment by myself and then had a friend move in. Um, and then we went into, what was it, like a three-month lockdown. And mm. then... We came out of it briefly, but you know it was a really difficult time to navigate from a dating perspective because there was a natural apprehension about just going out and seeing people, let alone yeah. you know going on dates or making out with people. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, mask Are off, you mask off. <laughs> um, and then you know, like dance floors were shut. You go to restaurants, you couldn't stand up from your yeah. from your table, mm. so you couldn't. I remember my thirtieth birthday. We couldn't, we weren't even allowed to get up from the dinner table. Like I, mm. you could only get up to walk to the bar, to walk back. Yeah. So, you know, it was really challenging in terms of meeting people. And then coming into 2021, I definitely felt like I had the best intentions. Um, and then we were really hit with it again. So, yeah. you know what? I, I think it's probably served me in the best way because I'm someone who really takes time to process things. And I know a lot of women are this way. We, we want to do all the processing. Yeah. And then we're done and then we move on. And I think, you know, COVID has allowed me that time to really process and reflect and evaluate and think about what I want moving forward and who I am and what I'm looking for in my next relationship. Um, So, yeah, but in terms of dating, I've definitely dated on and off um, over the past two years, which has, you know, been an interesting experience. (laughs) Um, Would you like me to share with you some of those experiences? Okay, great. (laughs) So... 2020, which was my first year of being single, I went on a whole bunch of walking dates. Mm. Can't recommend. Um, walking <laughs> dates, can, I can tell you, it's it's very difficult um, to establish chemistry with someone when your hair is whipping around <laughs> on the, the Bondi de Bronte. Um, <laughs> the sweat and you're hiking up a hill. <laughs> so look, COVID dating, not a fan. No. Um, yeah, I've been on a bunch of other dates and, you know, seen people for various amounts of time. But ultimately for me, it's it's been challenging in that, you know, I've come out of something where I had such a deep connection and relationship with someone to something that can feel quite shallow. You know, mm. on meeting someone for the first time, you're looking for almost what you had, but then a more evolved version of that. Yeah. But you need to take a step back and almost like counsel yourself and be like, no, this is our first interaction. Mm. Like this is the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg. Like I need to invest time and energy into getting to know this person yeah. and exploring this relationship. So look, there's definitely been like a lot of self-talk or self-therapy, if you mm. will. Um, and yeah, I guess it's it's been hard in that respect, but then it's also been easier. Like if I think back to when I was in my early 20s, so pre that previous relationship I was in, I didn't really know myself in the way I know myself now. And I didn't know what I was looking for. So now going into my next relationship, I'm looking for a lot of the same things and qualities from my previous relationship, but I'm looking for some particular points of difference. And so 
I have a lot of clarity when I'm meeting mm. with people and having conversations because I know what I'm after and I'm really confident in yeah asking for that for myself. What are you looking for now? Well, for all the men listening today, <laughs> um, maybe you're listening to your girlfriend listening to this, and you've got some mates. Send them, send them my way. Um, I I'm looking for a true partner. I really want someone I can build a life with. In my previous relationship, I was with someone who was eight years older than me, mm-hmm. and they were quite established, and they had a very clear picture of what they wanted their life to look like which is absolutely fine um you know they've done such a phenomenal job of building that for themselves I can understand and appreciate that but I want someone to come on the journey with me yeah and so that's something that's really important to me but you know for the most part you know I'm just looking for someone who's like you know kind and warm and loving and um a great partner and then on the other hand someone who's like you know, fun and adventurous and ambitious and yeah, just really wants to come on that journey and have a fun life and just drink up all the experience that life has ahead of us. Yeah. Would you say um, a guy not being a fan of the beach would be (laughs) a deal breaker for you? Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, we're really close friends and I don't really... It's not that I don't like the beach. I need to clear this up on this podcast. (laughs) It's not that I don't like the beach. It's that, like, I prioritize, like, sleeping on the weekends and just, like, having time to myself to just, like, recharge. Like, I don't want to be, like, up at six with you two, like, fucking walking through some jungle and, like, jumping into some, like, pond. But I feel like that's how we recharge. That's how you recharge. Yeah. yeah I, I don't recharge. We're not on lines on that. Yeah. Like, I like to, like, I'm, like, an extroverted introvert. So, I like, I'll just, like, go out, perform for, like, a week. And then I need time, like, literally on that couch. Just, like, eating, like, McDonald's without anyone judging me in my PJs and, like, watching Netflix by myself. You know what? It's a great question because no one can be everything to you. And that's Ooh. why the that's why you surround yourself with a network of people. So, look, it would be ideal if they liked the beach, for sure. Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe not a mandatory because I have a lot of friends who do love the beach and spend time with me there. Um, but you know, for the most part, I am quite an adventurous gal. Um, you know, I love spending my weekends, you know, I want to use the word hikes. I feel like it's really American for some reason, like going on walks, Mm. um, going on walks, you know, being outdoors, swimming, um, soaking up nature. But by the same token, I also, you know, love eating out and going for drinks. And I'm just someone who wants to be out drinking up life i guess yeah, don't put jess in a box don't put me no. in a box and don't predefine her path thank you yeah beautiful so considering you are a very successful corporate gal thanks emily who knows what she wants and yeah. isn't willing to like take any less do you feel like you have to like sometimes play yourself down on dates or like play the game to sort of like make the guy feel like a little bit less intimidated or more comfortable or whatnot? Mm, Great question. So I've definitely done that at times. Mm. I think I've definitely done that in my earlier twenties when I was dating and I've definitely done that again now. Um, But I feel like I catch myself and I, now I just think, 
like why what's the point because if you're like playing yourself down or like you know sometimes I feel like yeah maybe I'm playing my ambition down or I'm you know playing my intellect down or something Mm. because maybe it's coming across as too much um they're not the right person yeah you know and you can be at all you can be ambitious and you can be intellectual and you can be fun and cute and sexy Mm. like you you can be at all you don't have to be one or the other and I think sometimes we feel like there's like the the smart intellectual girls and maybe they're the ones going for your finance bros (laughs) um (laughs) or like maybe there's like you know the the hot Bondi girls like no Mm. you, you don't have to be one or the other I think if if you're not being yourself authentically then you're not going to meet the right person yeah yeah definitely completely agree I feel like like exactly what you said like if a guy's gonna if you you feel like you need to be a different version of yourself to impress a guy or to make the guy like feel a little bit bigger then he's probably not the right the right man and he'll find out pretty quickly like you're exactly anyway (laughs) when em doesn't want to go to the beach with you yeah exactly (laughs) three months in no, I don't do that personally, but sometimes I feel like I have those thoughts. And as you said, like you catch yourself and you counsel yourself, but I have those thoughts where I go, oh, maybe I should just be a little bit more like play it cool a bit more, like be a little bit less like loud or like, you know, full on. But then you sort of go, well, what's the point? You see, yeah, it's, what's it's the fraud. Point? It feels like fraud. <laughs> also like, you know, you, you want to spend time with people that make you feel good. You want to yeah. spend time with people that like, give you affirmation and uplift you. And Mm. I have so many friends in my life that do that and my family do that. So why would I want to be with a partner that doesn't do that? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. So I feel like that pretty much wraps it up. We've got one closing question for you, Um, mainly for our benefit. What is one piece of advice or something that you would tell your 25 year old self? Ooh, good one. Um, I would say, and I gave this advice to a friend the other day, but I was also giving it to myself at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little cliche, but to enjoy the journey, like enjoy each moment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just living for the destination, like, what's the point? Like if your destination is, you know, I want to find my partner. I I want to be happily married and I want to have children and I want to be rich. Let's say, right. Stereotypical (laughs) that that's a, you know, something a lot of people strive for. Um, sure. Like maybe you'll reach that when you're 40 or you're 50 and then you're going to look back when you're 50 and be like, what was I doing in my twenties and my thirties and my forties? I'd Mm. rather, look back and be like, oh, I know exactly what I was doing. I was having a good time. Yeah. Like I'm going to drink that up and I'm going to have fun. And yeah, maybe I'm going to be single for half my thirties. Is that really such an awful thing? Like if I, you know, travel with the world with my girlfriends or, you know, I spend my weekends having chili mugs down at Bondi (laughs) and going for morning ocean swims, it's not that bad. Sounds pretty awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Meeting some like bloke called Paolo in like <laughs> like Capri or something. Like that's the kind of energy I'm manifesting for you, Jess. Thank you. And then like just like one like meet him for a day and then fuck him off the next day and move <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> he sounds like Emily's yeah. ideal day. <laughs> I know. I'm like this is sounding like a really good day. But yeah, just um, just enjoy each moment and enjoy, day for what it is. Enjoy the climb. Stress less. 
Well, thank you so much, Jess, for joining us today. We've loved having you on the pod. Thanks for having me, guys. That was really fun. We've absolutely loved having you. Um, thank you for all your tips and your honesty and your like raw stories. We really appreciate the insight. Well, let's see what you get out of me next time. Yeah. yeah. And well, next time we're going to do a like reading, we said. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, we'll bring the pattern app. Yeah, you bring the app. You would think I'd have shares in this company. Yeah, Jess, we call it Jess's app. Because she, <laughs> she messaged me saying, have you downloaded my app? And I was like, no, like I haven't. I'm like watching a movie. And she's like, okay, I need to practice patience. But can you please download my app? If you're following along at home, make sure you ask your mum what your time of birth was. Yeah. Important factor. Yeah. I was this close to texting this guy that I've had a little bit of a thing with saying, when were you born? And you can't. They know now. Like, they they'll know? see right through it. They know. Yeah. I wanted to put him in the app. Yeah. Just to I see. To. <laughs> I'm here for Can it. Can you imagine? Should we do that today? Just send him a message just saying, hey, no. when were you born? If it's born? who I'm thinking of, absolutely <laughs> Let, not. Let's do a live demo of this. <laughs> call, we'll call people in. <laughs> Can you imagine he'd like probably throw his phone in the water? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Alrighty, Jess, thank you so much again. We really appreciated having you on. Um let's go get some marks. We forgot something. Would you what? like to do the honors, Jess? <gasps> our outro. Oh yes. And that oh. is And that's basically it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.